Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Dream Scheme. For this episode, I spoke with a lovely human named Nuri Head. Her mom joined an MLM called Market America in the late 90s, just after Nuri moved out to attend school. A little bit about Market America. It was founded in 1992 by former Amway distributor James Howard Riddinger and his wife Lauren Riddinger. Market America is very insistent that they are nothing like Amway, but their entire business model sort of indicates otherwise. They have a huge line of products, including dietary supplements, pet care, cleaning supplies, jewelry, water filter systems, and even automotive care. The opportunity they sell is very similar to Amway. You sign up, switch all your home products to Market America's brands, and not only do you get cash back at other retail stores, but also get discounts and commissions from your purchases. And of course, like every MLM, you earn commission off of the purchases of people you recruit into the business. The startup fee for new Market America unfranchise owners, as they call them, is $3.99 along with monthly payments of $1.29 to keep your shop active. Reps are also required to spend $130 to $300, depending on your rank, on Market America products every month and attend mandatory conferences that range in cost between $20 all the way up to $200, not including travel expenses. Riddinger is quite the eccentric guy, to say the least. Nuri and I are actually planning a deep dive episode about Market America and their founder, so stay tuned for that because this whole company is wild. And with that in mind, I won't say much more about the company for now, except that they do have a class action lawsuit against them that is currently in arbitration in the South Carolina courts. The lawsuit alleges that Market America is a pyramid scheme and that it has targeted Chinese immigrants in the U.S. with false income claims and other deceptive practices. Nuri was raised on the toxic positivity, individualistic attitude that has always consumed multi-level marketing. Being parented with this kind of mindset where any negativity or hardship is a personal failing rather than a systemic one leaves people vulnerable to further abuse for a number of reasons. We can't seek help from loved ones if all they have to say is that we need to try harder, work harder, have a better attitude, and join their MLM. Additionally, it makes it a lot more difficult to identify abuse and exploitation, either from a company or a loved one, because if bad things are happening to me, it must be my fault, right? Nuri and I chat about how Market America affected her relationship with her mom, as well as the negative effects of toxic positivity and individualism in society. We also talk about the mass exploitation that is necessary in order for multi-level marketing and capitalism in general to succeed. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy our chat as much as I did. Um, yeah, we kind of we kind of uh, got off to a running start there, but I wanted to actually uh, make sure I had some of it recorded because we were <laughs> getting into a really good discussion. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, so uh, you, your mom was in Market America. 
Yeah, as far as I know, still is to this day. Still is. Okay. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I haven't spoken to her directly right. since. Um, and again, this is jumping around a bit. I actually tried to resolve the breach between us a few years back through group therapy. Oh. Um, but like we we hit a wall where basically like she was still not able to uh, respect any boundary that was set, and the therapist and I had a had a discussion with her that was basically like um you like are are you invested in this process and she was like nope wow like okay i guess we're done yeah i guess (laughs) it was a longer conversation than that but i think we did not use the whole session and so that was the last time i spoke with her in person um and yeah as far as i know she's still she might not be like i don't know i hear things from my sister but like for the most part we don't talk about my mother Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that played in my head too um yeah. <laughs> anything we don't talk about that pops in <laughs> i know it's, it's so... just, like we don't talk about that <laughs> yeah tiktok is so annoying <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um okay so do you mind kind of giving me like a brief overview of kind of when your mom started out in that and what that was like for you yeah so i don't remember exactly when it was so like i I left my parents' house when I was like 14, 13 or 14 years old. I am showing my privilege here. I I went off to prep school, although discovering levels of privilege, you know, I I was wealthy enough to go to prep school, but compared to the other kids at the prep school, I was like scraping the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) So like I was the poor kid relative to the prep school kids, not the poor kid relative to the public school kids. So it was like a weird place to be. The poor like, kid I didn't in prep realize school sounds like it wouldn't be too fun though. <laughs> it was not. It was not fun. Um, and like I didn't realize, like it, it took me until like the last two years or so to realize just how much I did not belong in that environment. And like, um, and that was even like without like at the time I thought, I don't know if you can tell the presentation or whatever, like I thought I was, you know, I didn't think I was queer. I didn't think I was trans, you know, like, right. <laughs> like I didn't know any of that back then way I was back when <laughs> um, way back when so this was like 96 I think and so like I left the house at a very early age and I think it was either that year or the year after that my mother started getting involved in it. I don't know it was sometime like while I was away and the first time I came back home at, after I started college so I got kicked out of prep school after less than a year uh for having basically you know human mental health problems, oh, uh, largely depression and anorexia. And I, I got kicked out. I went to college <laughs> immediately afterwards <laughs> instead. Um, and I think it was the first time I came back home to visit after college. I was like, oh, my bedroom has turned into an office. Where's my bedroom now? Oh, oh we didn't think you needed one. Oh, okay. So my bedroom became my mother's office. And Your was bedroom like was a mini market America. Was a mini office of Market America. <laughs> Isis Products was what it was called. I even I I was studying as a, an aside. I was studying music, but as an aside, I was studying graphic design. At one point, I actually, as a project, did a logo for my mother's business, which yes, was called Isis Products. Islamic yes, State. Yes, I mean that was that was nineties um, still, right? Yeah, this was the nineties. So like, little did we, she was referring to the Egyptian goddess, you know, like right. I, I hope she no longer uses this, but Isis was involved in a great number of her passwords in the 90s. Ah. So, 
<laughs> Might be on I a watch list somewhere. In the past 30 years, she's changed some of those passwords and that I'm not like giving away state secrets here. Um, she had a name for her, her own business, like underneath Market America? Yeah, I was under the impression that was pretty common for some okay. Market America folks. Maybe not. I don't know. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly had... don't know a ton about Market America. I've only been looking at them in the last I mean, it's basically days. like CPG. It's consumer packaged goods. Like I, I, again, I am a marketing professional. I know. Oh, these really? Things. Like, um, but oh, it's that's largely an interesting perspective. Goods, like competing with basically Procter and Gamble and like that kind of stuff, trying to sell people replacements for their like house soap and like sell them all kinds of supplements and like, you know, it the usual. Very stuff. similar to Amway. When I it's was very similar to Amway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so my fun fact is that um, Market America was actually um, founded by one of the ex-CEOs of Amway. So they broke off from Amway a couple years after Amway kind of got. So, so I guess part of why they're so offended. Yeah, it, probably the exactly. There's like some feuds going on there, I'm guessing. Yeah, like I remember they used to have these conventions every year. And like, I think South Carolina I was like, why are you going to South Carolina? It's like, oh, we have to go to these conventions. It's like they're very important. The weirdest stuff. places. I am. Yeah. And like, I never really like understood exactly what it was doing. Like I, I started getting the gist of it. Like, okay, like you get people under you and like those people get people under them. And it's like, but how do you actually make money? Like you have to pay for the product. You're selling the product. What's the profit? Like, and it, it just, it didn't make sense until like yeah. I finally like saw later on, you know, oh, I see the whole point is that a few people who like actually make it to the top. You know, there was like, I'm getting sidetracked. There was a great family guy episode actually in the aughts where Stewie gets involved in an MLM. Oh, really? I don't know if you've seen this. Yeah. And like he says, he tries to get Brian involved in it. And like there's one line that stuck with me from it because this is the thing that people in MLMs love to say. He says to Brian, he says, hey, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have heard that before. That, that good old toxic positivity, eh? Yeah. 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 And like, yes, it's true to a certain extent. If you keep telling yourself you can't do a thing. Yeah, of course. Like, but yeah, I mean, there is a, you know, there's something to be said for negative self-talk, of course, but yeah, but... <laughs> exactly. But they take that idea of to like the extreme turning yeah. off your negative self-talk and toxify it. You yeah. Know, and never think of anything thing. negative or talk about anything negative. No, no. Yeah. There's so much of that. Like it's, you, you can't be human. You can't like, I, re I remember at some point during all of this, I actually, like I was desperate for work. I had graduated college. This was like 03 or 04. I'm jumping around a lot. And I was like accepting basically any job interview. I have since learned not to accept any job interview. <laughs> I accepted this interview in Burlington, Mass. Um, and it was selling art. Okay. This is not Mark I'm at something else now. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what this business was called, but you know, I I went out with like one of their sales reps one day. I was like, "Why are we like we're going into these businesses that specifically like have a sign that say no solicitation? Isn't that illegal?" And they're like, "Yeah, don't worry about it. They'll kick you out, and they're not going to actually like call the cops or anything." But like that was what we did. Is like we went out, went to this town, and like literally walked in and out of every like other business, like holding canvases. Uh, not canvases, but like prints and trying to get them to sit, buy art, art 
for their office, like on the really? spot. And that I found out once I got back from this grand, creepy, anxiety provoking tour of the Boston area. Because <laughs> um, again, remember this was pre GPS. And like, I'm basically with this like 24 year old dude, bro. Oh God. Yeah. You're like, you're at the shit in his hatchback there. driving around Boston. I don't know if you've ever driven in Boston, Massachusetts. Not personally. But driving no, in I'm... Boston, Massachusetts pre GPS <laughs> is one of the circles of hell. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, I think the fourth actually, like it's there in Dante. Look it up. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> But like I get back for the interview after this and I'm like, oh, this is the same thing as Market America. Because like the guy at the office, like he's telling me like, yeah, he started out on the street like slinging prints and like eventually he got like these three guys under him who got three guys under them. And I was like, you are describing the exact same thing. Holy shit. You guys Wait, so this was you were selling art? I wasn't. I would never call back. <laughs> like, and I had, but like, it was like they wouldn't let me leave from the interview. I kept right, trying to right, leave, yeah. and they were like, "But no, you really got in like high pressure like situation." And Do you remember what that was called? I don't. That's so funny. Google, I have like, never heard of that. Boston area, like mid two thousands. I don't know. Like they were selling prints. It was, it was, it was batshit crazy. Like they were literally so telling funny. their employees to break the law and trespass on people's property who had no solicitation signs like that's technically trespassing what a weird thing to sell yeah and like they were encouraging their employees to go into people's businesses places of business and And they just like kidnapped you for a day essentially and took you around boston (laughs) yeah yeah and this guy's like janky little like standard shift hatchback oh my god i'd be terrified and like kept like backfiring and stuttering out like that was fun that was fun and like i'm already like not i'm like right down the line between introvert and extrovert like i'll do something extroverted and then be like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) i regret this immediately yeah like i regret everything But like, there's also this little voice in my head that's like, oh, if you don't talk to anyone, no one's going to talk to you. So, yeah. So get in this guy's sedan. (laughs) (laughs) So get in this guy's sedan. You need a job. Um, Yeah, like, I did that. And like, I mean, I had enough of a bullshit radar that like, I didn't do it. And I had enough of a bullshit radar that like, I resisted doing Market America all the many, many times my mother asked me to do something for it. Like I said, the only actually did was design a logo for her at one point which like was not mlme stuff although in retrospect i sort of regret helping that business in any way yeah i mean Uh, you were helping your mom um oh i wanted to actually go back um to when you mentioned when we were talking about toxic positivity um what was it like growing up with your mom um having that kind of attitude towards her business was that did that translate into her parenting with you or your her relationship with you oh yeah definitely i mean it was weird because like i had left their house by the time the mlm started but like it definitely played into a lot of things like there was there was a lot of that whole generalized like boomer versus gen x millennial i'm sort of like Mm. in thing where it's like why aren't you making more money yet you know and it's like oh well 
you just need to like actualize, you know, like you need to set goals would be a lot of the thing that I would hear, you know, like you're not thriving because you don't choose to thrive or something, you know, like you're holding yourself back. Like it was always like, if I wasn't being paid well enough in a job, it wasn't that the job wasn't paying me well enough. It was a failing of mine somehow. Right. It's and always like, your fault that you're not succeeding. I definitely see that in MLMs all the time. Like the first job I got out of college, like I was like, yeah, I got a job. Like for years leading up to that, friends I'd known graduated before me with a bachelor's degree. Like I remember a friend of mine being like super psyched to get a job at the outlet mall working for Bulova. They were like, <laughs> at least it's not Burger King. And, and I was like, hey, I got a job, but at least it's in graphic design. I'm working as a graphic designer. Like, yes, just a production design job, but I'm doing something before, you know? And it was just, it was not good enough somehow. And I mean, it didn't help that the other toxic relationship I was in, like kept me from actually being present for my job as they would have expected. Right. And, you know, this was 2002, 2003. So like, the idea of an employer actually setting accommodations for like someone's mental health or even, you know, someone's partner's mental health, like unmarried partner. Like I remember for years being like, oh, like at work, like no one takes anything legitimately. If it's like, oh, I have to deal with this for my girlfriend. It was like, well, that's bullshit. But like once it was like, I have to deal with this for my spouse, you know, it's different, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like there was just a lot of that like toxic positivity around like everything. Like if I wasn't thriving, it was all my fault. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, not that it was obviously, but that's, that's, yeah, no, but that's what I would do constantly. And like the Um, funny thing is, the first time I cut my mother out of my life, I felt like I was actually suddenly thriving much more once she was out of it. Right. Um, I think the toxic positivity stuff too, like it really ties into that individualistic view that I think the generation above us really has. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Like, I mean, and in a way, like, and, and I'm just probably off track here, but like, I feel like MLM represents everything toxic about capitalism. You know, it's like, there's no real product. There's nothing like, it doesn't matter what the product is in MLM. It's yeah, not exactly. about It's not. It's about, it's, it's about maximizing that capitalist credo of exploiting workers, exploiting people. And they're saying, well, why don't we just take the product completely out of this and all we're going to do is exploit people. That is the entire business model is just to say- Literally, yeah. Let's take as many people as we can and exploit the ever-loving shit out of that. 100%. Like, and we're just going to build it in this way, like one person, then the next person, then the next person, then the next person. And it's just like, uh, what's the thing? Uh, Bernie Madoff scheme. Um. What was it? A Ponzi scheme. A Ponzi scheme. It's just oh, yeah. like a Ponzi scheme, only instead of being with money, it's with people, you know? And like, ultimately, the people at the bottom are the ones left holding the bag. And like in a Ponzi scheme, that's the idea. It's like, you know, the people at the top collect money, but eventually there's no money left for the people at the bottom. Yeah. And MLM is just a Ponzi scheme without any money and without any product. Without it's any product, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And there is so little regard for the human lives that are being just totally ruined and like you said exploided um and, and it's the people all based that are... on the idea 
that you can be the exploiter, you know? Exactly. Like, that is I, I so true. You're a Star Trek fan. Are you at all? Uh, I am a little bit. I'm not like super well versed, but do you know? Do you know Deep Space Nine at all? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a character Quark, you know, Ferengi. Yeah. And like at one point, there's an episode. I th- I think there, there's this is that episode. There's an episode where his brother, also Ferengi, says, "Screw this! I'm forming a union," which is like mm-hmm. absolutely verboten because they're like super capitalists, anti-union, you know, and he's trying to explain why his fellow Ferengi, again, read capitalist for Ferengi, his fellow Ferengi won't go for it. And he's like, you don't understand. We all want to be the exploiter, you know? Like, it's not that we're tired of being exploited. We don't want to stop the exploitation. We want to become the exploiter. And that's what capitalism, that individualism convinces us all is that we can all eventually become the exploiter and have more at the expense of someone else instead of like waking up to the fact that you know this whole thing is toxic and there's a better way you know no 100 percent. that was so extremely well put i was also uh listening to someone else talking about um mlms this morning and they were saying like um they were kind of asking like well why do people fall for these things and the answer a lot of the time is they need money and people are not being well paid at their jobs. They don't have proper access to healthcare. They're being run off their feet for less than a livable wage. They've got however many kids at home that they need to support. And so, and that's not an accident. Like it's not, it's on purpose that these people are left needing a second form of income that then allows them to be exploited all over again. Trust me, I get it. I get the appeal of it. I am finding myself in a position where I'm a single parent with two kids, you know, and I've got the same bills to pay I had to pay before I had to get a restraining order on my ex, you know. Um, I still have to pay my mortgage. I still have to pay the same electric bills, the same heat, the same food costs. I don't have to pay for beer anymore, so that's nice. You know, I'm not paying for a six pack a day anymore. That's a savings. But, that's helpful you know, it for sure. And um, so, you know, that's no, the thing. I'm like, totally, I I'm with you. I have um, my the salary for the the healthcare jobs in my province hasn't increased at all in the last decade. Um, while inflation has increased, you know, however much and cost of living mm-hmm. and everything. So, yeah. You work in healthcare? I do. Yeah. I'm an occupational therapist, uh, in acute mental health. Um, but yeah, I mean, I went to university for seven years. All I've got is debt. (laughs) I went to university for four years. Well, not all in a row, but let's call it six years. Let's say I went to university for six years, stopped 20 years ago and I still have debt. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure that'll still be me. Um, but yeah, so yeah, no, I, that's, that's all not accidental whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the way out of it is. Like, I just hope <laughs> like more people see before, like see the patterns in MLMs. Cause like, that's the thing is like one gets knocked down and 10 more crop up and like talking innovative in the different ways of packaging these things, even if they're all the same thing, but like, 
they make it look like you, it's something different. And they all try to trick you. Like, it's again, like that abuser's pattern. It's like, oh, I'm not like them. Yeah, I'm not no, like that hundred percent. It's, it's so insidious. And yeah, even myself who like, I, you know, do, you know, research MLMs and anti-MLM as a hobby, even still, like when I went to Market America's website, it's hard to tell what's going on. Like it's, they purposely make it deceiving. And like, I was Googling around to see like, what are some other, and there's like long lists of MLMs and some of them I didn't know were MLMs. Like I saw, I, I don't know where the package came from, but there's a package in my house somewhere from Jamberry Nails. I did not know oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I'd heard of Lululemon, I knew that right there. They're an MLM, right? Mm-hmm. Or Lululemon, not not Lululemon. Maybe oh, Lularo. Lularo. Yeah, yeah that's yeah the they one. are. Yeah, um, and like I, I had a friend who was doing one a few years back. It was like Vita something or other, or was it? What was it? She was like really into it. And I wanted to just be like, oh, huh. oh yeah, like, I don't know. There's a lot track. of like supplement and wellness based ones, which I noticed yeah, um, wellness based market. America has a lot of that stuff, too. Hey, they have a lot of that stuff, a lot of that stuff. And I'm pretty sure none of it works. I yeah, I, I've I was I, I would like to talk with someone who's a little more well versed in like wellness supplements and vitamins and things like that. I don't know a lot, but I've been trying to look into it because I noticed that Market America has this like whole it uh, looks like a 21 day cleanse or something or like oh, well, there was this thing. I don't know if they still have it. I remember my mother pushing it all the time and I have no fucking clue what it is. I like tried avidly not to listen whenever she talked about it. But she was really big about something called CoQ10. I have no idea what CoQ10 was. CoQ10. It sounded like getting an e-meter reading from the Scientologist. (laughs) Yeah, literally. I don't need to know. And she would send me huge bottles of CoQ. It's C-O-Q, the number 10. CoQ10, whatever the hell that is. Wow. And like, it was supposed to like, I don't know, clean you out and make you great. And it's like, I don't know, Drano for your system. I don't know, something, something. Like, I know my, my dad got diagnosed with lung cancer, no surprise, after like decades of chain smoking in mm. 2007. He died in 2008, January, or March of 2008. And um, like that whole year, I remember one time I went to go visit them during this year. And like, I, I don't know that I can tie this directly to the MLMs, but my mother was like seriously restricting his diet during this time. And like, I know you don't want to like feed the cancer and all of that. But like my dad, like a man who had lived through the Holocaust, who like yeah. literally carried like concrete bricks up the, like the mount in Jerusalem to build like homes there and stuff like that. He broke down crying and said to me, I just want a hot dog and ice cream. Really? And like he was in tears sobbing because like he oh. wanted nothing more in the world than to have a scoop of ice cream and a hot dog. That's heartbreaking. And like he'd been like broken down so far by like chemo and radiation and diet that like he's just like this sliver of a man. So did your mom, uh, let me know if this isn't a topic that you want to breach or anything, but did your mom try to influence you and your dad to use those, all those supplements and stuff? I'm sure she did influence him to use them. And I'm sure he did use them because he was supportive, you know, and he would have just silently taken it and like, 
you know, but like he, he was a man who was very set in his ways. You know, he'd like get up every morning, he'd drink Earl Grey tea all day long. And he'd like always have like a can of Progresso soup at lunch. And like, I could just imagine if like, if there was no soup in the house, like that would be a problem. Everything had to be a certain way. But at the same time, like, I think he'd kind of given up at that point. Cause like he quit smoking, mm-hmm. you know, once they told me he had cancer. And I think he was just like resigned to let like other people deal with his treatment. Right. And I do think, you know, there was definitely a lot of that, like, power of positive thinking shit going around. Like, I hate to, like, for years, I felt like I was equating everything to fucking Trump. But, like, that's where, like, a lot of his toxicity came from, too, is that, like, power of positive thinking kind of bullshit. Like, supposedly, I remember hearing something on NPR, like, I guess, like, the church that he attended as a kid, like, there was, like, a book literally written by the guy there, like, the power of positive thinking. And, like, this was the thing, you know? And, like, it's that toxic positivity thing and like I felt that kind of toxic positivity from my mother very much especially like especially since the MLM started but like I think the colonel was there before you know um for for me too when I look at it in the context of MLMs and other cults like it's a very very convincing thought-stopping tactic too, right? Like don't explore those negative feelings or that gut feeling that you have about this. We don't want, you know, those negative thoughts or if, you know, whoever, if your loved ones are criticizing your business, then you can just totally cut them out. Yes. Yes. If you hear anything negative, just cut them out. And if you're thinking anything negative, just cut that out. That's Any natural anxiety you might have about this really strange, weird, creepy thing you're doing where you're like trying to get all of your friends involved in your business and like blah, 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 blah. Just brush it off and plot on ahead in the name of capitalism. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if she ever got out. I think like the sad thing is that from what I understand, she's at this point in her life where she's very isolated from everyone. My sister is the only remaining family member who regularly speaks with her, sees her. I don't know if she tried to like rope everyone into this stuff. Most of my family lives overseas. So I don't know if that would even have been possible, Mm. but like, I don't know. I, I don't know honestly how it's gone for her over the last number of years like I remember it was like when I was still like hearing from her about it it was always like she was on the verge of greatness you know right it was like well you just don't understand I'm about to hit the next level oh you don't understand I'm about to hit the next level oh you don't understand I'm about to hit the next level and it's like okay well which is the level where you leave me alone (laughs) yeah oh geez um would you mind um talking a little bit about kind of like how her involvement in MLMs and kind of the resulting like mindset and lack of boundaries and all that affected you as, as a person. And yeah, well, I think like weirdly, like looking back, like I said, like the involvement, like primed me to be like isolated enough to suffer the long term abuse that I did from my former, I hesitate to use the word partner, I guess from my ex um, just I hesitate to use the word partner because they weren't much of a partner. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> X works. Um, but like, I remember early on, like I had this really good friend that my mother was again, trying to get involved in the MLM. And I think perversely, this friend thought that by going along with my mother, that they were going to be like 
be more secure more closely with me because like they saw some warning signs in my ex that they were trying to warn me about that I wasn't listening to and I felt like they betrayed me to my mother and so like that isolated me further because I felt like they like went telling tales behind my back to my mother and they had like joined this cult with my mother and I was like what the hell you know and like just in general like feeling like I didn't have like I couldn't go to that parent because every conversation would involve CoQ10 and like how I could help her business. And, you know, I couldn't talk to my father because my father just supported my mother and everything. And both of them were telling me the whole time, like without having evidence for it, what trash my ex was. And I was just like, well, if you think they're trash without seeing why they're trash, I can only think what you would say to me. Like, and like, because every decision I made in my life was bad, you know, because everything I did in my life was my own fault, was my own toxic negativity. Right. You know, clearly I deserved it. Like, even once like I got out of this relationship, I said to my sister, my sister wanted to tell my mother not to like, so she could celebrate, but just so she she could know what was going on with me. I was like, I really don't want you to tell her because I don't want, even if I don't have to hear it, I don't want the, I told you so. Right. I don't need the, I told you so. And like my sister claims there wasn't one. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But like whether or not she said that out loud, I know somewhere inside she's thinking that, you know? And like, it was just feeling like I couldn't trust her. Yeah, and you couldn't you know, go to her and, you know, there was just no relationship there really other other if it was outside of her business. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like, you know, I mean, I was a kid in their 20-somethings, not going to lie. Like, there were times when, like, my mother was sending me money, like, for yeah, sure. a brief period right after college. I think she was literally giving me, like, 200 bucks a week. And so she'd get really mad at me then when it was like, well, you know where this money is coming from. And it's like, yeah, but also I'm broke, which is why you're sending me the money. So can I not buy your shampoo and just buy normal people shampoo? Right. So instead of getting, you know, that support that you needed, it was, well, why don't you just do this for yourself through the scam (laughs) that would not make you money? Well, it was always a price attached to the support I needed. It was like, well, you're doing this for me. Why can't you do, or I'm doing this thing for you. Why can't you do this simple thing for me? This very simple thing, you know, you know, don't buy regular shaving cream, buy this rub-a-dub scrub that we sell. I don't remember what it was called, but like, it was some like universal soap that I was supposed to mix with some other ship. And like one way it can be a bath soap and another way it can be fish soap. And this way you can use it safely on your balls but like, <laughs> this way, like don't get it in your eyes like you know like, oh, like, wait, is this my dish soap or is this body soap is this shaving cream what is this <laughs> it's a cure-all but the soap all the things. <laughs> yeah i always I say that that's the red flag if, if it can if it's if it's everything then it's nothing right and I mean, to be fair, it's not necessarily like they're scamming us any more than Procter and gamble or johnson and johnson or any or unilever or any of them are you know, it's just a different scamming business model that breaks up families and is culty. Yeah. I mean, corporations do the same kind of bullshit in different ways. It's just different. True. <laughs> it's just like, I, I haven't worked in a lot of corporations. So like my ability to speak on that is minimal, but I have found like there's a lot of different cultures 
and like some are more toxic than others. They're all toxic, but they're just toxic in different ways. No, I agree. Like corporations and, and working for for corporations can definitely be abusive in a lot of ways. Um, and then I think it's that kind of mindset of like, well, you know, we can all agree that capitalism and corporations are bad. You don't want to work at J-O-B, you know, with Amazon or whatever. So come do our scam. It's different. But and I think that's ultimately the thing with MLMs is that like, and I know I said it already, but like, that's the thing is that they take it, they, in a way, like by stripping capitalism, just to like that basic tenet of people are there to be exploited. And like, that's all that MLMs are about is just like collecting as many people as you can. That's why like when I did, went did that art interview, they were so death, like I, I was so confused because in an interview I was used to being the one who's like desperately seeking the job and they were so right. desperate to have me leave. And it was like, can I just go please? But like, they need bodies. That's what fuels the demon, you know, yeah. like, no, that's it totally, matter who totally right. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, they don't, they don't care. Like, I think if they could find like, you know, death certificate, I'm sure some MLM person somewhere has done this, like find death certificates that haven't been registered yet and sign them up for their business. Or oh something. yes. Unfortunately yeah. that happens a lot. Oh shit. Does it? I was just making that up. <laughs> <laughs> so especially with, so there are some MLMs where you can recruit uh, downlines just through emails. So people will make like emails of, you know, dead relatives, cats, dogs, all those kinds of things. And yeah. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Or like, um, I've heard some, like if you're uh, older and you're taking care of your mom and dad who are in care homes and you have like their, you know, financial information, people have added them because all you need is their social security number or sometimes all no. you need is a credit card. It's wild. If my kids ever try to do that to me, I'll have them shot into space. <laughs> just them <laughs> oh my god no not really but like yeah, yeah no ah. it's it's uh it's pretty scary stuff <laughs> i swear some days like i look at the calendar and i'm like hoping i'll see the date like end of capitalism here <laughs> we can't keep going like this this is not yeah good. i don't know it can be pretty depressing sometimes. It is. I mean, I, I don't know what to say to a, you know, healthcare worker who lives in Canada. You, know, like, <laughs> you guys have social, socialized healthcare there, but maybe it's not working great. I don't know. It's not working as great as it could, that's for sure. Still better some than none? I would say we're better off than America, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I don't have health insurance. I haven't been to see a doctor since before my daughter was born. Yeah. So, I mean, the only thing I, I have to pay for medications and like specialist visits. So I need extra insurance for that. So it's not totally universal. Yeah. See, that's bullshit. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> strange. I love how they, you know, they make us think that like Canada's got it so great with the socialized health care. But like, frankly... If your medications aren't covered, what's the point? Like, yeah, it doesn't really count as socialized healthcare. Covered. Yeah, um, but again, I think that the the lack of accessibility to healthcare and not being able to afford healthcare is a big part of why a lot of people do go to MLMs, both financially and like the wellness ones. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that is like a big 
part of it is like the symptom of this whole capitalist society is that like we're all broke and living paycheck to paycheck and like it doesn't really seem unless you get up into like upper echelons of wealth like it makes much of a difference whether you're earning a little bit more or a little bit less and they get us all at the bottom and when i say the bottom i mean like basically people making less than like 350k a year or something like that not like a small amount of money but they yeah. get us all fighting each other over the leavings of the billionaires you know oh 100 percent. yep and it's it's just absolutely it floors me how well it works yeah me too and it's it's what you said before of just the the hope that one day you will be the exploiter yeah yeah and i mean i'm not gonna lie i want to have what rich people have i would love to like <laughs> look out in my backyard and see a hot tub and fountains and a mini bar and like whatever but like you know what what if you didn't have to be rich to have that yeah what if, like you could just like have a hot tub and all that shit and it's like hey who wants to come chill in my beautiful hot tub you want to help me build a hot tub you want yeah, you know well- like- and I mean, I think like like extravagances like that are sometimes only available at that level because right. of the ability to exploit the majority. Right. And like the thing is, like how like this is the other thing about like extreme capitalism is like I was reading this thing not that long ago that someone was talking about this estate that they took care of for this woman in New York or the, the woman wasn't in New York. But this estate in New York, and it's a huge estate, it had a full-time staff to take care of the estate. This woman hadn't visited the, the estate in, like, two years at least. Had, like, multiple other homes elsewhere. And, it, like, homes, multiple other, like, hundreds of acres. Wow. Multiple, like, homes on the property, full-time caretaker staff to take care of these properties. Meanwhile, every day, I drive my kids to school, I pass like in my town, like not a big town, I pass by at least three different homeless people on the way to school, you know? And there are homes in this town that are open and like not occupied. Maybe they need a little love. So infuriating. Right? And like, sure, I'm sure some of these people have drug problems, which is why they can't be in a shelter. Shouldn't matter. But it shouldn't matter. They should have a roof over their heads. Yeah. Right? And like, fine, you can't put them in a shelter with other people if they're using, put them in a shelter for people who are. Like, yeah, oh, I mean, that's a whole other discussion of like, like creating people. harm reduction housing that's accessible. Oh, our, justice universal. our justice system is not set up for it. I don't know about Canada, but I doubt it because it's based on the same common law system. Not really here either. We do. Um, I, I don't really know about Canada as a whole, but here um, where I live, we do have some harm reduction housing options, but they're slim, few and far between and not nearly, you know, enough to actually house everyone that needs to be housed. And that whole idea of the fact that we can't house everyone that needs to be housed is just what? what? So much housing. <laughs> so much housing and so many hammers like i literally i walk around my neighborhood so i've i live in an apartment downtown and kind of behind me there's um a bunch of new apartments that have been built they're all empty just empty just sitting there (laughs) Yep. yep someone just built in a town like 20 miles south here they built a new condo 360 grand uh for a single bed unit and 
I'm like, no one who grew up in that town can afford that. And they're all there sitting empty right now. Like no one, there's not like maybe one person who grew up there can afford that, you know? So they're basically saying this is entirely for our tourist economy and we are forcing what, like it's, it's gentrification. Yeah. You know? Yep. It is. And well, you know, I think um, when we talk about the, the fall of capitalism, maybe if we can start holding MLMs accountable for the harm that they're doing, that's, a step in the right direction, you know? It's something. It's something. <laughs> I mean, people can just see, like, this is a symptom of capitalism. That's really what it is. Exactly. Is it's, capitalism is a disease. And this this is the, the body attacking itself. You know? That's so true. <laughs> like, this is, MLMs are, are the horrible boil that shows up on your skin when you've had capitalism too long. It's like, well, how, exactly like, right. how does capitalism, after it's been simmering for hundreds of years, what does it come down to? It comes down to exploiting people. What is the most efficient way of exploiting people? Get people to sign up as many other people to be exploited as they can and get those people to sign up other people to be exploited by them. Because like, there's definitely this vibe, which I suppose you get in a lot of cults too, where it's like, you know, and you'll let us know if, like, any of the flock go astray, right? You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you see something, say something. Big brother love <laughs> you. Oh, it's, it's just too on the nose to be true. And yet here we are. But here we are. Well, I hope, I hope your, your battle goes well. <laughs> thank um, you. I'm fighting the good fight over here. And thank you so yeah. much for... For sharing your stories and chatting i really appreciate it definitely and uh i, I hope it was useful and i I'm sorry if i just at all scatterbrained i like i said had a bit of a day so yeah no i'm i'm with you there i didn't have the same day you had but <laughs> all right i offered to help and i wanted to help because it's uh you know it's an important topic and like i think a lot of people fall victim to this shit not knowing what it is so yeah if you can stop one person from falling prey to an MLM. I think it's a good thing. Me too. And I think just the more people we have talking about it, the better. Exactly. Oh my God. Harrowing shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. All right. Well, thank have a you. lovely evening. It was really nice chatting with you. All right. Thanks. You too, Max. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Connect with me on Instagram at dreamscheme.pod, where I post about the latest episodes as well as everything MLM. If you like the show, please rate and subscribe. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, either on or off the podcast, feel free to message me on Instagram or email me at dreamscheme.pod at gmail.com.